What is going on, everybody? Uh, it is chapter five. What's the date? Do you guys know the date today? It is the 13th of September, 2021. There we go. Uh, chapter five is Armored Mind. And again, this is Paradigm Podcast. Go ahead and hit that like button, subscribe. Make sure you follow us on all social media before you even watch this video, before we go into this content. This chapter was really good. Um, I, I personally love this chapter. It really like hardens your mind. But with that being said, we'll get right into it. So, we want to pick up off of the summary. What was your favorite part and why? Hmm. I can, I know exactly what my Yeah, Devin's got something to say. Yeah. Devin, send it. So where he talks about when he, not the, so the second time, where not, not when he has his shin splints, but the second time where he has his family. I think that pushing yourself, if you read the book, he goes back into the Navy SEALs and then he comes back to his wife that has a child and he has no other option but to pass. When he starts to talk about how much debt he's in, that shit made my heart drop. Yeah. You imagine being $70,000 in debt, having no other option but to pass the Navy SEAL training right. for your mind, for your ability to cope with life. Um, I think the challenge of being able to push through things, circumstances, life challenges, obstacles, and in any sort of aspect, it, it makes you really, it shows you how strong your mind is, how, how strong you are as a person, and it can make or break you. Um, if it's finance, if it's physical, whatever it may be, um, this book really can show you that you're really capable of everything, anything. Um, David Goggins is a, he's a beast. Like he's, he's a monster. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. definitely. Uh, my favorite part is on page 136. I'll flip to that real quick. That little reading part. So on page 136, there's two parts. It says, Time stood still as I realized for the first time that I'd always looked at my entire life, everything I'd ever been through from the wrong perspective. Yes, all the abuse I'd experienced and all the negativity I had to push through challenged me to the core. But in that moment, I stopped seeing myself as the victim of bad circumstances and saw my life as the ultimate training ground instead. I remember my very first day back in the gym in Indiana. My palms were soft and quickly got torn up by the bar because they weren't accustomed to gripping steel. But over time, after thousands of reps, my palms built up a thick callus as protection. The same principle works when it comes to, to mindset. Until you experience hardships like abuse and bullying, failures and disappointment, your mind will remain soft and exposed. Life experience, especially negative experiences, help callous the mind. But it's up to you where that callus lines up. If you choose to see yourself as a victim of circumstance into adulthood, that callus will become resentment that protects you from the unfamiliar. It will make you too cautious and untrusting and possibly too angry at the world. It will make you fearful of change and hard to reach, but not hard of mind. That's where I was as a teenager. But after my second hell week, I'd become someone new. I'd fought through so many horrible situations by then and remained open and ready for more. My ability to stay open represented a willingness to fight for my own life, which allowed me to withstand hailstorms of pain and used it to callous over my victim's mentality. And so it was my favorite part because he went over his life with a fine tooth comb, as he talked about in the chapter. And instead of folding to life experiences, he treated them as training for his next desire. I think many people would benefit from this technique slash lifestyle if exercised, including myself. Yeah. Um, I think many people, like he said, um, become resent, like develop resentment towards anything unfamiliar. And because of that, refuse to try and grow in, in, into anything new. And, um, uh, 
you know, I can even see that in myself in some ways. Mm -hmm. So I think um, seeing that he, instead of looking at it like, oh man, like life sucks um, and screw anything new, he used that as like, this was my training ground and the reason why I should try something new. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's super beneficial to anybody that's out there listening. Yeah, building that callous mind. Oh yeah. I mean, repetition. Definitely. Um, just going off that, my favorite part of the book was right after the third phase of uh, Bud's training, mm -hmm. where everybody that sort of had passed and, and knew that they were going to graduate, like even David Goggins says, like he, he knew he had calloused his mind so much that he's, it was just insight. And um, the the officers would, would try to still beat him down, but he, he had already calloused it so much that he was getting pleasure out of just seeing that he had beat them even though he was doing all of the flutter kicks and sit-ups push-ups all of that boy a freak huh yeah <laughs> and geez. and they were just like uh there's a part where they, were, they just said goggins get up uh, you like this shit too much mm -hmm. um and to me i took it as a as a an example that he he had done he had done it he, he had reached a point where he could do it a million times and he'd know that he he, he could do it you know mm -hmm. so um i think i, I try and remind myself you know when i'm, I'm going through stuff in, in life or, or whatever that you can reach that point to get to a callous mind and to, to armor yourself really um yeah i thought that was that was super cool that he had was uh and then also that he sort of missed the fact or was a little bit bummed that he was going to graduate because he saw the the that hell week and all the stuff that they had went through as an opportunity to keep callousing his mind. Mm -hmm. So he was just like, everybody was sort of smiling and happy. And he's just like, man, I, I want to, I want more. Yeah. And then when that guy died, it was that's crazy. Yeah. Definitely. How about you, John? Yeah, for me. Uh, so first off, I'd like to say the chapter called armored mind. I liked it because it reminded me of the armored Titan shout out to my attack on Titan fans. <laughs> uh, so I was already just kind of into it. Uh, my favorite part of the chapter was on page 157, uh, third paragraph down. He goes, people have a hard time going through buds healthy and you're going through it on broken legs. Who else would even think of this? I asked who else would even be able to run even one minute on one broken leg, let alone two only Goggins. You are 20 minutes in the business Goggins. You are a fucking machine. Each step you run from now on to the end will only make you harder. That last message cracked the code like a password. For me, I resonate with that because I remember back when I was wealthy, when I was younger, and I'd be in these fucked up positions. And I think to myself, who else would do this shit? Who else wants to do this shit? And I was like, only you, dude. That's why it's so dope. You get to do this shit. I was like, you get to live a different life than everyone else. And Telling that to myself would give me strength to finish what I had to do that day, you know, um, because what I had to do was hard. But getting to think like I would think the people I knew, I was like, they couldn't do this shit. But you can because you're fucking hard. And like, I, I get that. I get he was like, if I tell myself this, it's going to help me push myself. So I, that yeah. resonated the most with me. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Especially when they told him to get up, like you like this shit. You like you're, you're it's almost like they told him you're built for this shit. Like, yeah, you're, yeah. You're breed. He took it to the extreme. I mean, I, I think for real, he rewired his mind. You know, I, yeah. I get it. I get it to a fact where you do it to draw some extra strength out of yourself, like when you're running or whatever. Um, but he for real rewired his mind and be like, I like hard life. It like makes me life. tougher. Yeah. And in his interviews, too, he says at that moment is when Goggins was born. 
know? Yeah, he yeah, was he David for real. Goggins before, and then after that, David Go- uh, David Goggins wasn't just a whole different person, and now he's Goggins. Yeah. So Goggins was born. I thought that was really interesting in his uh, his interviews. Totally. All right, that brings us to the summary of the chapter. It's a quick one this week. So. This chapter begins with David in medical, post-Hell Week of Class 231. His knee wasn't healed, but he knew he couldn't let that stop him now. He knew it. If he allowed it to impede his process now, he would be rolled back and have to endure another Hell Week. Despite his knee being in barking pain, he was cleared to go back. David rejoined Bud's Class 231 with the dive phase left to go through. Each task was agony to his knee, not only because the instructors, not only that, but the instructors were as persistent as ever. Beatdowns didn't cease because of David's knee. David had to dig deep and relearn his why and remember that life calloused his mind to enable him to succeed in these moments. He states, remembering what you've been through and how that has strengthened your mindset can lift you out of a negative brain loop and help you bypass those weak one-second impulses to give in so you can power through obstacles. After a water revolution subsequently followed by a beatdown, the recruits had to hike back to camp, but David felt he injured his knee worse, so he limped to medical. The doctor gave him an x-ray, and it showed a fractured kneecap. This meant David wasn't, was sent home. He would have the opportunity to return if he desired. From May to November, he stayed in the Midwest healing his knee, but not without falling back into bad habits. He reestablished his relationship with his ex-wife, Pam, and became comfortable again. He became undecided about going back to Bud's. One afternoon, he sat all day holding his telephone to call in and thought about the misery he would have to endure again. Eventually, he called in and was scheduled to return with Class 235. Immediately following that call, Pam called him and came over to share some news. She was pregnant. David went to his mother's house and had a heart-to-heart talk with her, and despite all of life's new issues, he committed to going back to Bud's. So Pam, David, and his stepdaughter moved to San Diego. David showed up to Class 235 on a mission, and shepherding other men through it wasn't part. His injuries and himself was already enough to worry about. During first phase, a recruit named John Scott died in a training evolution but this didn't mean the instructors would take it easy on them. They, in fact, went harder. David developed severe shin splints, and in order to continue, he would show up early to the base and double layer his legs with duct tape and socks and run 30 minutes before things picked up to allow his legs to warm up and numb. This wasn't easy, however. He had to fight through it like every other time before, with tenacity and drive. After a while, the instructors stopped including David in beatdowns because he enjoyed them too much leading all the way up to the moment he had been desiring for so long. He graduated Buds in class 235 and was finally a Navy SEAL, trident and all. But this came with a price. He joined SEALs to find an arena that would destroy or make him unbreakable, and he achieved it. So David had to continue hunting impossible tasks on his own, which brings us to challenge five. All right, everybody. Thank you, Jay, for that uh, summary. Um, So we're going to hop into the challenge number five. So it's time to visualize. Again, the average person person thinks 2,000 to 3,000 thoughts per hour. Rather than focusing on bullshit you cannot change, imagine visualizing the things that you can. Choose any obstacle in your way or set a new goal and visualize overcoming or achieving it. 
Before I engage in any challenging activity, I start by painting a picture of what my success looks and feels like. I'll think about it every day and that feeling propels me forward when I'm training, competing, or taking on any task I choose. But visualization isn't simply about daydreaming of some trophy ceremony, real or metaphorical. You must also visualize the challenges that are likely to arise and determine how you will attack these problems when they do. That way you can be as prepared as possible on the journey. When I show up for a foot race now, I drive the entire course first, visualizing success that also put, uh, but also potential challenges, which helps me control my thought process. You can't prepare for everything, but if you engage in strategic visual visualization ahead of time, you'll be as prepared as you possibly can be. That also means being prepared to answer the simple questions. So here are the questions, the big ones. Why are you doing this? What is driving you toward this achievement? Where does the darkness you're using as fuel come from? What has calloused your mind? You'll need to have those answers at your fingertips when you hit a wall of pain and doubt. To push through, you'll need to challenge your channel your darkness, feed off of it, and lean on your calloused mind. Remember, visualization will never compensate for work undone. You cannot visualize lies. All the st strategies I employ to answer the simple questions and win the mind game are only effective because I put in the work. It's a lot more than mind over matter. It takes relentless self-discipline to schedule suffering into your day every day. But if you do, you'll find that at the other end of that suffering is a whole other life just waiting for you. So uh, with that being said, who would like to go first and talk about uh, their challenge five? Give it some uh, some face to it. You want to go first, cause, or John go first? I can go first. Hit it, John. Hit it. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. So my obstacle now, uh, I would say my obstacle right now that I'm facing is becoming a great teacher to these current students I'm talking to right now. You know, um, the more I do it, the more I'm like, man, I want to give them more. You know. So my current obstacle is how do I become better for them? How do I become a better man, a better teacher to teach them? Why am I doing this? To be honest, it's self-beneficial for me. I like it, you know? Mm. Um, it's good for the kids, but I have so much fun. It's so fun hanging out with the kids and, like, helping them and watching them learn and, like, seeing that they're stoked, you know? And they make gets me all fired up. Um, where, does, where does the darkness come to push me through stuff? Um, I would say the darkness that normally pushes me doesn't necessarily push me. Well, maybe it does. Normally when I pull deep down, when I'm trying to go through something hard, um, I would say when I was younger, I thought of myself more as inferior to maybe some of my peers or my friends. And it's always pushed me to like try harder to, um, be more extroverted. Right. Because maybe I thought I was maybe not as showy as the rest of them. I don't know. Right. Um, I think being in fear would be like my darkness. So I'm always trying to push myself to be better, to like reach new goals and uh, be that guy, right? Yeah, be that guy. You're not that guy, pal. You're not um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I want to be that guy. Um, and then what has calloused my mind? Growing up younger, uh, being bullied when I was younger, maybe, uh, failing in life, right? Uh, a big recent callus. You know, it's not even recent anymore, which is actually awesome, right? Um, you know, 
going through a bad breakup, uh, uh, starting over, right? Having debt, figuring out how I'm supposed to get through it and uh, pressing the restart button. Like, well, you got to start from scratch now. Got to start from scratch now, guy. Um, it's up to you. You made the decision. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's helped callous my mind recently. Yeah. In the, like in the you, more, more recent. I like how you identified uh, your darkness. Uh, um, what was the, the um, inferior? Yeah, inferior. Yeah. I think that's a great uh, identifier. You want to you talk about yours? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go next. Um, so it's, uh, what's the first question before why are we doing it? Why do I do this? What's, what's your obstacle? Obstacle in your way. Mm -hmm. um, I've always told myself it's financial freedom. I, I think I still have that obstacle. Um, it's in, in financial freedom, meaning um, to free up my, as much time as possible to do whatever I want with whoever I want. Um, I think that's my current purpose. I think that will be my purpose for a while. Um, I don't know when I'll achieve it. Um, I don't know when I'll get to that finish line, but I think that's my current obstacle right now. And that comes in having a good amount of money, however amount of money, which allows me to be free, depending on how much debt I have. Um, it, I need to have more income than I have uh, uh, debt uh, mm -hmm. and bills on top of that. So I think that's my current obstacle and the financial freedom thing I'm, I'm currently still chasing. Why I'm doing it is not just for my purpose is not just for it to, to, to be self-centered, to be, I, I want a lot of money. Um, it's, it's for the people around me. Um, I was never taught financial literacy when I was younger. Um, my mom never taught me that my brother never taught me anything. So I think it's, it's my obligation. It's my duty to, uh, sort of lead that financial, um, uh, a, a path for uh, my future family. Cause no one else is going to do it. Right. Um, and not only for my family, but my, for my friends, um, people that don't know about, the specific world of finance um, in any sort of capacity. And then what's driving me towards my achievement, um, again, it's the freedom. I think time is the most valuable asset. Um, being able to do what you want when you want, um, like how we're sitting here, being able to sit, uh, obviously this isn't take that much time to sit here and discuss, but it feels a lot better than being able to have to try and squeeze it in because I have other things that I have to do, like say a job or something. You know what I mean? This is something that I love doing. I like being here with you guys discussing this stuff. So um, what keeps me pushing forward towards my achievement is the freedom, the time freedom. Um, where does my darkness um, come from and how, how does, how do I feel myself from my darkness? I would say it comes from the insecurity of not being extroverted. I've never been extroverted my whole life. I've always been that shy child, not knowing mm -hmm. how, uh, how to speak in front of people, public speaking. So I think, somewhat in the same eyes or aligned with John. Um, I've, I've think when I got older, I started to challenge myself, myself, um, to become an extrovert, um, not to the full extent, like a full spectrum, but like, but I still like my introverted abilities, like staying home, being alone, you know what I mean? But public speaking, um, have being able to adapt to new friends and new people around me. Um, I think that's always going to be a challenge to being able to adapt with age the older you get the the dynamic changes um and then um what is calloused my mind um i would say just hardship right breakup debt uh um I, my mind always wants to go to finance 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 like financial literacy but it's not just money um it has to, i think it's deeper than uh it's it's not being taught the things that we've learned as a group, how to be accountable, how to be responsible for yourself, how to carry your own weight. Mm, yeah. um, um, make sure that you lead 
with principles and stand on your principles. Don't be a wishy-washy type of person where someone says something, you just fold for that. Mm. Um, I think I learned a lot with just our group, with what we have here. It's developed me more as a man than I would say any aspect of my life has. Um, Obviously, I'm grateful for that, but I would say that's the cal- what's callous in my mind is just accountability and, and continue to show up for not just you guys, but for my family, mm-hmm. being a service, not trying to be self-centered um, and just can continue to thrive. If I say I'm going to do something, I need to do it. Um, but yeah, those are my answers. Nice, man. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so for myself, the obstacle in my way, I put school in its many facets. Uh, I would put a couple more minis on it. I'm like now getting into it's week four and there's just like so much shit to do, you know, like assignments or, well, okay. I have coursework, which is the units I'm taking as classes. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I have teaching, which is multiple classes grading. So that has its own little facets about it. And then um, research. So like this past weekend, I went out and did mapping in my field area Mm -hmm. And that was beautiful. I loved that. You know, that's not a, like a detriment or like yeah. to come down on me at all. It's like, I, that's where I want to be. Yeah. So it was like, it was amazing. Loved every second of it. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's that. And then on top of that, being like a department, one of the, I would say I'm starting to become a pillar of the department. Like Ben, you know, he's starting to get to know me. He asked for help if he needs. So um, people are depending on me to drive like, for field trips, just like becoming a pillar in the department. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I think it's deeper than just school and it's many facets. I think a lot of that is um, I feel recently that I may have become overwhelmed because it's so much stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, today I did. Okay. So yesterday I had, I did an assignment before class for one of, for my coursework Mm. part of the circle. And then I woke up today and read and finished this up. Um, did the summary, did this, and then followed that immediately with like my teaching work where it's like, okay, I have to upload the labs. I have to do a PowerPoint. I have to grade papers. I have to answer emails to students immediately followed by another class. You know, it just is a lot. It's just boom, boom, boom. boom. You don't really get a um, a break. Yeah, there is no break. And when I do get a break, it's immediately like, it's like a mountain of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just like, Like, all right, bitch, get back to work. It's a landslide of work. (laughs) that like if you because i did these three days out in the field i come back and like i have a hundred things i gotta do you know what i mean and like now i understand why when i look around and see my teachers like spinning in circles like why they're doing yeah, that because they have a lot know? to do mm-hmm. and so um i put school in its many facets but i think it's a little bit deeper than that in terms of like i feel um it's a lot you know so uh but that that is a big part of it is school because there's like four or five different things that come with that that have 10 different things under them. So the obstacle is school right now? School overcoming it, would you say? Not Um, just school by itself, right? Just what's the, what are you trying to, like what, uh, yeah, what are you trying to achieve? achieve? Is um, it stability with what your schedule is right now? Maybe, maybe. Um, That's a good possibility of it. There's a, a large part of finding a routine that works to fit everything in. And, you know, I've strayed from using a planner and I think maybe getting back into that, I'm going to do that tonight, um, which breaks down by hour, being able to put the time slots in for certain aspects and be efficient in those aspects during that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that as you know, become, just become a little bit more stable and build a routine, 
in, in that okay. world. Um, so why am I doing this? Uh, there's a, I put a list here. You know, I want to be a competent scientist and scholar. Uh, I want to be able to work to a career that will provide a blessed life for my future family. Uh, I want to attain, obtain a career that will allow opportunities to pursue investments in the future. So these are things that I kind of rely on during those moments. Like today, I'm like, God damn, I have so much shit to do, but this is why I do it. You know, I had to kind of have those conversations and uh, Goggins describes it as those one second weak minute, uh, weak in second impulses to cave in. Yeah. You know, so I had a couple of those today. A doubtful mind. But it was like, there's a reason why I'm doing it. So I relied on that. Followed by what is driving me toward this achievement? Uh, there's a natural curiosity for geologic science for me. Being out in the field really like sparked that. And it always does getting back out there and just like seeing that how much I don't understand. Like Waka walks up to a rock. He's like, it's this rock. I'm like, oh yeah, totally dude. Whatever you say, <laughs> you know? And so there's a lot to it. Uh, if you guys could come with me to one of the field areas i could show you what it's about but it's a. Uh, are we allowed to just like volunteer and come through on these trips <laughs> yeah well that one was a recon trip so it was like me aurora and waka and so we spent time just the masters group in our field area so we went to aurora's field area and henry co shout out to aurora she really smart. Dude, so, if I could do that, bring some beers with me, that sounds like all I want to do. <laughs> Dude, and then you would really like Waka because he's like, man, we're going to get some, we're going to get some, like some beers at the end of this. We're going to go to a brewery. Like, don't, like, let's go. You know, I'm getting a little thirsty. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he, he's yeah. really cool for that. And, uh, you know, it's like, damn, talking to Yoda, you know, you could be like, yeah, that's a garnet system. People are like, you're like, yeah, you know, that's an Equijite. Yeah, uh huh, you know. But it, it was really dope, but we can plan a trip because I'm planning a trip maybe like the first eight days of winter break, four days in Aurora's and four days in mine. And so it's not going to, it was like 98 when we were there this oh, time, shit. but now it's going to be in the winter, you know, like 40, 50, maybe in the 60s. So it's treacherous. Let's do it. I'm down. But it's, I want to beat really down my dope. body. And I think, you know, it'd be really cool, but... <laughs> You know, that just there's a natural curiosity about it. I can go to a place and be like, oh, yeah, look, it stretched northwest. We had strike slip movement that went northwest uh, for hundreds and hundreds of kilometers. So we can go up northwest along this contact for hundreds of kilometers and find the same rock. There's a natural curiosity when it comes to that, the geological sciences that is in me. You know, so that that's kind of like driving me towards achieving a master's in it. Mm -hmm. Also wanting to become a teacher. I would like to have the opportunity to become a teacher for like either a community college at a university if possible from a litany of reasons, but I, I would like to have that to rely on, um, you know, and just my own natural desire to be better, you know, yeah. whether that's at school, whether that's here, whether that's just as a man, you know, there's, there's natural things that drive me towards achievement that are just kind of there. So that that's my list of that. Following up with where does the darkness I'm using as fuel come from? And so one of the biggest things I always kind of re, like kind of fall back on and it's a darkness is like, you know, you were born to a 13 year old mom, like your mom got pregnant with you at 12, had you at 13, you should have been a statistic. You know, if we're looking at an X, Y chart of how successful, whatever that measurement may be on a, on a chart, the statistics for where I should have ended up. That's not where you should be right now. Father figure, father figure, kind of out of the picture for the most, or not. Till my stepdad stepped yeah, in, okay, you know. Yeah. And if there's a bell curve on it, I want to be on the farthest right side, mm -hmm. you know. Success being on the x-axis. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that's one of the biggest things for me is like you should have been a statistic and your bell curve doesn't peak where you want to where you want to be you want to be on the farthest end of it 90 percentile 99 percentile possible so that's a big thing inside of me it's like you should have been a statistic what statistic do you want to be yeah you know do you want to be the one that's like oh i was 13 born to a 13 year old mom uh, uh you know point the finger i was you know either victim mentality i could have been on drugs i could have been in jail i could have been in a gang you know looking for certain things and so i want to be at the farthest end of that yeah. so that's right. one of the biggest things for me is i want to be in that 90 percentile of that graph uh, so what has calloused my mind there's a list of things here uh i, I can feel with john because breaking up with my first girlfriend uh we moved to washington state together broke up um it wasn't the, the best of breakups if any of them are the best but there was a moment when it was like okay do i try and make this work here and get a job and like stay in this area or do i have to kind of suck it up and come back to california and you know making that tough decision to come back to square one and be like i want to start over again or start something new and develop my own character away from my ex-girlfriend or back where I was, I'm from, cause I need to get, I need some sense of stability yeah, to right. develop my character. Mm -hmm. That was one big one. And then when I came back, it wasn't all like, you know, hunky dory, man. Like I developed a pill habit, yeah. you know, like I got addicted to Xanax, like did it every single weekend. And then I would finally get clear headed by Friday pass you know i'm passing my classes at the time but then i would just do it again every weekend every single weekend and you know breaking that habit is not easy you know there it took a you know i haven't done any since but you know that's that's not something easy to do so i kind of think of that as a big callus and like son of, he, he talks about the cookie jar you know what i mean you reach in when you're in a hard moment you reach into the cookie jar and remind yourself of something you did showed you that you, you showed strength that was a big one for me, you know, like throwing that last NX pill down the toilet and being like, you know, that's it. Like, I got to kind of retire that. I don't see this being a successful roadmap for mm -hmm. me. And it, it can't be part of the story for a long term. So flushing that last one and kind of overcoming that habit was like a big one for me that helped me callous over my mind. It's like, if I can break a drug habit, like mental strength to do that, well, I, I have the mental strength to do this paper yeah. uh, this mental strength to deal with these students you know right so you know i think this question is a lot about what what is in the cookie jar that you can reach into in a moment of hard mm. times you know and uh you know big ones as well was moving so much as a kid I, I would say i moved every two three years i think i went to like eight or nine different elementary schools like three or four different middle schools you know i finally settled down come high school but you know moving around a lot you don't build a lot of attachments with people you you learn how to make friends quick but you don't know you don't know how to keep them and so that that big one of like, if I can make it here, 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 and here, and here, and and feel comfortable in that, then I think I can do it here. Yeah, that's another big one for me. Uh, the last one I put here was pushing myself to excel in hard field work successfully. I think I may have told the story here, maybe once. If if not, I went to this place called Laguna Mountain for a 107 trip. It's the last class you have to take before you can get your bachelor's, your last undergraduate degree in geology. It's a week long. Uh, <laughs> not only did we go for the week, we went a day before and stayed a late a day after. So we made it nine days. Yeah, but it was like, there's no running Ooh. water there. There's no shitters. You know what I mean? It's just like, I, 
there was like one, that's actually one restroom. And uh, we had maybe 13, 14 people in that class. We covered 60 miles in nine days. And we were talking about it on this trip oh this past weekend. God. It was like, that, that class is going down in history. You guys hiked the most. You guys did some of the best work I've seen. So like yeah. hearing that and being reinforced by Waka, who's like one of my biggest inspirations, was like something that helped me callous over my mind. If I can hike up this mountain twice in one day and get back and, and enough time to have a beer, go to bed, get up the next morning at 6 a.m. and keep going, I think I can make it through 98 degree heat or whatever. Yeah. AJ, remember how Waka made you feel now that you're trying to become a teacher, man. Like, <laughs> I, I, no, for real. I think about that shit all the time right now. Um, the teacher giving you the thumbs up, the validation. People are so hungry for that, dude. You yeah. Know? If you can just recognize it, dude, it'll go such a such a long way, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's unfortunate right now because it's all online. But um, oh, all your classes that you teach are online? All of them are online right now. I think Damn. maybe the semester will go back to in-person and I can have more of an impact on students. Uh, but right now it's like, here's what we're learning. Here's the assignment. What about your classes? Let me know. My, teach, my classes, they're all in person. So I'm taking two graduate level courses and one um, undergrad level course, but it's, you know, you take not, you take 12 units of undergraduate level courses. <laughs> you take 18 units of graduate level courses. So the graduate level courses is a lot of scientific literature reading and discussing and presentations and writing. But uh, the undergraduate stuff, you get the, you're, it's kind of just like any other class, but it's just geology. Yeah. You know, we're learning about landslides, engineering geology. But Sweet. yeah, all my classes are in person and we've all talked as the geology because the classes I'm taking, it's only geology students in there. So like, it was like, hey, do you guys want to go on online? Because I think Fresno State might shut down again. And we were like, nah, like we'll do anything it needs, anything we need to do to keep this in person, we'll do it, you know? So Sweet. right now we're all in person. So, but since it's a GE classes that I'm teaching, they're all online. Gotcha. Definitely. Uh, was so that everything, Jay? Yeah. You wanna you wanna kick it off, David? Yeah. Uh, John, you already ahead. went, right? You already stated no, it. No. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Yep. Yeah, you went first. John went first. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yep. Okay. Um. So for for me, an obstacle I want to overcome or a goal I want to achieve is still same thing as the last one. Um, I want to be a creative director. I want to achieve financial freedom through being a creative director, uh, owning my own creative studio being in a position where I can lead as a creative and not be mo doing so much of the production work. Um, and I think why I chose that is because, you know, like, it's like Jay, Jay said, he had a natural, um, like interest in, in geology. I had a natural interest in, you know, shapes and colors and art and, and things like that when I was young. And that's why I'm more inclined to, choose something like that because that's kind of climbing up the, the totem pole. You start off <coughs> as a freelance designer, become an entry-level designer somewhere, um, become an art director, then move on to creative director, and then you could own your own studio or something like that. So um, I think at a deeper level of why I cho chose this is because um, I want to... I, I don't know. There's a like to make it to really simplify it at the deepest level. I think I just feel really blessed from where I'm at and where my dad sacrificed and where my uh, my family, you know, came from Mexico to kind of give a better life to their children. And there's a huge part of me that feels like I'm blessed, I'm privileged, and 
although I didn't get to go to, you know, fancy art schools and do all these things, um, that I still have the the ability to grind as hard as I can to achieve those goals right now and maybe escape the nine to five lifestyle that my dad had to grind through and my mom did. Um, although the quality of life was better, you know, I really want to be able to pass that on and show people around me that they can do that too. Um, you know, they don't have to be a statistic and it, it, uh, it makes, you know, the job fun, kind of like what you said, John, too. have, have fun about what you're doing. If you're going to have a job, at least do something you like, um, make people feel good about what you make for them or how you feel. Uh, and I think that's a big part of why I, I want that. I want that for myself. I want to be able to pass on that to my, my little brother, if he wants that, um, like really pass on the, the, uh, the ability to do what you want to do. Um, I think that's, that's why I want that. Um, visualizing it you know david goggins talks about you can't just have that sitting there you got to visualize what the challenges are going to be and what that's going to look like and i anticipate moving forward that it's going to require me to miss out on a lot of things that uh, a lot of my friends do or just things that most people do on the weekends because that's a big thing for me is time and i want to be able (coughs) to study more how to use more skills uh my my uh my coworker just got promoted to art director trevor shout out to trevor if you watch this and um he he pays for uh some of the courses that uh, the future teaches like christo like typography after effects and all these like cool other programs that are outside of just illustrator and photoshop and InDesign, the, the main ones that i use mm-hmm. and he ha- he gave me the password and the code to he like study all that stuff and it's so, you know, it's not like a crazy expensive course, but it costs money. Mm-hmm. And there's probably stuff I learned in college that would help me. But, you know, that stuff's definitely something I could just have under my belt is just really putting in the study work and re- remaining a student. Um, so I want to broaden those skills. I already anticipate, too, that, you know, even when I was learning how to make logos in the beginning and learning how to make design work, uh, you got to really have some tough skin to, to really um, have someone tear you apart sometimes and be like this isn't it totally missed it um you know this isn't uh doesn't look good sometimes it just really doesn't look good and that's the only way you'll know how to make stuff that does do does look good as a designer graphic designer artist so do people your works do they ever are they ever like this ain't it chief um yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i've never heard that from you ever that's why that was something new to me um i thought there's like thought they're just like that's good Dave. keep going like yeah. so just new for me to hear that's all yeah um you know most of the times I'm, i'd say like i i get what they're they're doing there's there's times though where it's like even i get stuck and i i kind of roll with the punches or I, I try and do something and they're like this isn't what i had in mind and that happens with freelance clients more so too i um, figured okay so freelance sense. people yeah and um sometimes you got to just accept the responsibility that maybe you didn't take the time to uh ask the right questions you didn't involve yourself much you kind of just took what they said and be like oh yeah i'll get it done and then sometimes you hit it sometimes there's more room for error in that so you got to do your due diligence and really ask people what they need and whatnot what goals are you trying to solve or what problems are you trying to solve so um i anticipate me having to have tough skin and really getting broken down if i want to be at the level that i want to be um so that's something that i anticipate uh where does the 
the darkness come from? Ooh. <laughs> um, Hello, darkness, my own friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? How is that question phrased again? Where? Where? It is. Where does the darkness I'm using as fuel come from? Oh yeah. Um, I know that darkness comes from my mom uh, for telling me that uh, graphic design was bullshit. You know, and no, no hate or anything. I was like young, so I probably took it really really uh personal back then and sometimes it still hurts just because i i really wanted that and and then i also had my first job ever at this uh boba place i told my boss like hey i have this more like better opportunity to learn graphic design um i can't work here anymore and he just like clowned the fuck out of me in front of everybody and it was like you're very materialistic i we did this for you and blah 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 and like i just felt like i was like in a bad position for wanting more for myself in design so I think that's what pushes me, you know, losing the studio too, like with, with, uh, with Fairmont, like I was just like, man, like that, that pain and having to start over and all that really pushes me sometimes. And I look back and I'm like, I'm going to prove those people wrong. And, you know, I've been proving them wrong, but that's, that's where that sort of comes from. I think I'm also kind of like in the same boat, John, where I felt inferior as a kid. I always felt like the weakest one in the room physically. I would always get made fun of for it. And I think that trickled into my my mental capacity too to accept what people had to say about me and like it. Not only physically did I feel weak, but mentally I just felt like I was the lowest tier in the room. Um, so that's where that comes from. That pushes me. So uh, let's see here. What's the last one? Oh, arm and mind. Where does that come from? Or what has what has calloused my mind? Break up for sure. Uh, that that definitely calloused my mind. Having to start over, kind of like what I had already mentioned, just really, man, having my emotions abused or my emotions out of whack and, and having to deal with some stuff uh, personally, like inner demons. And then um, once I kind of figured those out, I think it prepared me for a lot. And I don't I don't feel like a lot of things hurt me anymore. Feel like you have a you always have a choice to decide if something hurts you even like I, have you listened to the recent uh jeff logan podcast where he's like if you're uh anybody who makes fun of you or something and it hurts you or you, you feel a certain way about it you have to accept a portion of that to actually believe that it's true and you don't have to you don't have to accept that so yeah those are big those are big all right you guys feel like we wrapped it up? You have anything else yeah. you want to say? Uh, I feel like we wrapped up. I I like to say something. Hey, just um, just for anyone who's listening, and to most of you guys, since we started this uh, book, David and Devin have been running uh, every morning, like at like five o'clock, like two miles. And I was like, all right, all right, because David Goggins is a big runner. And yeah. I was like, all right, all right, that's cool for them. That's cool for them. But uh, I'm gonna do my own thing. You know, I'm doing my own thing. I'm, I wake up early. I go for a walk. Like, it's chill. I work every day, and then. Last book club, Jay's like, yeah, I've been running every t- every day. I've been trying to do that shit too. Oh, like, oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Word, 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 word. So all last week, I woke up at five o'clock and me and Ace ran one to two miles, like like up there, like walk, ran a mile, walked a mile, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? What's up? I'm not here to <laughs> yeah. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Hell yeah. So we took so the day or two off. Um, 
I took yesterday off, but yeah, I'm planning to run tomorrow. <laughs> so because of you guys as a collective all doing it, I felt like I couldn't uh, not show out. So I'm, and it's been dope too. I feel way better. Like it's awesome. Like, Dude, you're a good runner too. I remember yeah. this fool told me one time you ran like seven miles. I forget what you told me, but I was like that. That means you were running at this bit. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, dude. Yeah, I know. I missed it, too. I was in better shape. Like, and dude, at that point, I was probably like the worst mentally. And that's what, that's like, that's the best I, I perform physically. But mm. I'm just like digging into something deep. I'm like, let's figure this shit out. We might have to do a little, little competition action. You know what I'm saying? We create like a little collage or something. Yeah, okay. me. Record all of us. John starts running 10 miles every day. Yeah. Yeah. John, yeah, yeah you don't want a competition miles. with running, dude. Oh, my, losing. It's accountability for some reason. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. down. All right, I'm going to take us out. All right, for sure. All right, thank you so much for watching Paradigm. <coughs> we hope you are doing better than you were yesterday and even better than the day before that. This was Chapter 5, titled The Armored Mind by, Doc, uh, by David Goggins. <laughs> His book, Can't Hurt Me. We highly recommend you pick it up. Read along with us. We want to hear what you think. We love it. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Like the video. Hit that little bell till it goes ding. Smash that thing. Uh, make sure you leave a comment down below. We love hearing the feedback and all of our social media platforms and anything you want to get in contact with us will be down in the description below. And never, ever, ever forget the work you put in today equals who you'll be tomorrow. Boom. Peace. Namaste.